Father, that's our cry this morning. Father, to see revival, God, in our own hearts. God, that you would awaken us to see who you are. That we could become more like you in everything that we do. And Father, that you would awaken revival in our city. God, that it would flood from this church that it would flow out into the streets and that we could see changed lives because of you, because of Jesus. So Father, this morning I ask that as we hear your word spoken to us, God, that you would just teach our hearts. God, that you would change us, that you would transform us. God, that you would make us more like you. Jesus, we love you. Have your way here, Lord. Do what you need to do. We love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Awaken the city. Wouldn't it be great if our little community was awakened to the things of the Lord and the things that God was most concerned about, our people became most concerned about that the amount of passion that we have for the good life would be on Jesus, the amount of passion we have for sports would be on Jesus, the amount of passion that is in our community uh, to uh, be successful would be on Jesus and that he would be the most important thing. You know, uh, a thought that I've had this week that's been uh, ongoing and recurring, you know, there's a lot of concern about uh, not passing the virus on, and, and there seems to be a real passion that's building with that, passion of how to do it, how to not to do it. But wouldn't it be wonderful if uh, in our lives the greatest need was not the virus to be sopped, but the greatest need was that everyone would hear about Jesus before they die. And they would have an opportunity. Because folks, there's something a lot worse than this virus. And that is that people would die without Jesus. I mean, eternal life without Jesus. That's, that's a lot greater than this. And it's amazing how all the things that take place can get believers just like us off target a little bit. And how very easily we can get focused on things that matter but don't matter the most. And we can become preoccupied with things. And those things begin to weigh us down and we lose sight of what really matters. And so it would be wonderful if awakening would come. Now. John chapter 11 is the scripture for today. And during this time of, uh, of uh, pandemic, uh, I've been doing a lot of thoughts. I've been having a lot of old memories flood back in. And, and I, I began to, to tally up the major events that I've had with the Lord. And I shared one of those with you a couple weeks ago that I was at HEB camp and that I was struggling with the call to be a pastor, to be a preacher, to be a, a minister of some kind, and wasn't sure how all that looked. And, and in that struggle, and, and there's so much self-doubt, no way in the world. You know, my biggest hurdle to become a preacher was me. 
I mean, I just, man, I saw preachers and I saw how smart they were and how they, their hair slicked back and all those things. And man, I, I just struggled with that. I said, there's no way I can be like them. There's no way I can do that. And, and I was sitting in those mountains up there with the rattlesnakes and the cedars, two things that I loathe the most. And I'm up there and it was hot, hot, hot August day. And I remember, Lord, if you're here, show yourself to me. And, and across that valley at HEB camp, uh, Howard E. Butts, the, the, I saw those cedars start to sway across the valley, and it came right over me, a cool breeze. Lord, is that you? And just, man, who else would it have been? And that was the only breeze that I saw, and it refreshed me, and it cooled me. And, man, at that time, I went, oh, my, you know, what do I make of that? But as time went on in those next several weeks, it began to really uh, just, just move in me and go, the Lord did that for you. I did that for you to show you that I am there and, and be faithful what I'm asking you to do and walk that way. And, and in that part of Texas, I had another thing that happened. Uh, maybe uh, a few uh, 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 months later, uh, I did a, a youth camp uh, down for... First Baptist Menard along the Devil's River. And we were way down there, down near Mexico. And uh, I left there on a Sunday night and was driving home. And I was about in the same locations at camp. I, I, I really believe I, my memory's foggy about it all sometimes, but I think I was between Lakey and Junction. And I, it's in the middle of, of, of the morning, about 1 or 2 o'clock, I think, and I'm, I'm hauling through there, you know. And uh, I'm trying to stay awake. And on my car, this is back before CDs and cassette tapes, and I didn't have any music other than an AM radio. And I'm taking that little dial, and for all you younger guys here today, you just didn't punch the number of the station in your machine and it got a real good tune. You, sometimes you had to mess with it. And I mean, you just turn it just a, oh, just a, 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 just a inch, or not an inch, but just a half an inch or less. You can't even measure, just barely turn it and you might get a signal. And so I'm topping hills and doing that and every now and then I heard this preacher and I went, man, He's after it. I want to hear this guy. And I'm tweaking with that deal, and I can't quite get it in. And I heard something. Now, I don't know who it was. I don't really even know what he was preaching on. I don't know what his scripture was, because I never could get it that clear. But I heard something. And he said with, with great passion and energy and effort and he was all into it and I, I pictured him as a country preacher somewhere with a, uh, uh, a, a, a radio little hookup to it you know and they used to do that in those days and uh, he, I just see him just sweating all over the place and preaching a sermon and he said read the red and pray for the power read the red and pray for the power and he would say that over and over and over and I'm going read the red what in the world is he talking about how do you read something you've already read what does he mean read the red read the red and i'm trying to work that out and he was saying over and over and over and he's worked up and he's passionate and he's energized and he's given all this information and then it finally dawned on me the man is saying read the red color words of christ read the red 
read the red. Read the red things. And pray for the power. And so that's what I got out of his message, and that's what I took home. And I began reading the red and praying for the power. Just as simple as that. And, and so from that time on, I never bought a Bible that didn't have the red words of Jesus, that his words were colored. And right now you see the Bible I've got, it's got the red words. When this thing falls apart and I go to get another one, that's the very first thing I look for are the words in red. Now, could I tell the words of Jesus without them being in red? Well, of course I can. I can read and write. You know, it may take me a while maybe to study that. But I love the red words of Christ because of that moment, because of that mark of time in my spiritual life. Read the red and pray for the power. And I started doing that. I started reading the red and praying for the power. Simple discipleship. Just simple belief. Just simple trust. Just read the red and pray for the power. When I was going through a hard time, read the red and pray for the power. When I had some questions, I was asking the Lord, read the red and pray for the power. And so I want us to go through in two parts, first part today, 1 through 16, just reading the red and seeing what we pray for. Now, I think that if you'll read the red and pray for the power, that you will grow spiritually. I believe that you will be energized, and I believe that you'll develop... The, the strength, the faith, the belief, the trust, the understanding, the condition of heart that we all are going to need for the difficult days that are obviously before us. We've got to get stronger as believers. We have got to get tougher as believers. We have got to get more connected to what matters most. We have got to, to understand that He is the vine and we are the branches. And through this difficult time, we are to bear fruit. Now, that's not saying anything about anything that I know about the future to come, but the Scripture tells us clearly that in these last days, we need to be prepared. And when I look at what the Scripture says about the last days and how people are going to be, whew, it, it, there's enough information there to make you go, you need to get ready. You need to get ready for difficult times. You need, you need to get ready for whatever may come down the pike. Now, the Lord's always told us to do that, to be ready, to be ready, to be ready. And I believe that for me personally, one of the best things that's ever happened to me to get me ready for what the Lord has put in my path is reading the red and praying for the power. So, let's see how that works. Let's see how that looks like. First of all, chapter 11. John chapter 11. A man named Lazarus was sick, verse 1. He lived in Bethany with his sisters. Bethany is about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And we've got, got the evidence that Jesus would often stay there with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother. And that he would spend the night with them. He became close with them. He, he had a friendship with them. And it was a good place when he would walk up the Mount of Olives from being in Jerusalem. Bethany is right there. And so just as you top the hill and go down a little bit, Bethany is still there today, and that's where Jesus would hang out. And it was a good place for him to get away from Jerusalem and be able to just relax some. And so he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. 
So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. That's kind of an interesting uh, phrasing there that we see the two sisters sending a message to Jesus, your partner, your buddy. Now, where did that come from? I think that came from the fact that these two sisters saw Jesus and Lazarus spend lots of time on the front porch talking. Are they ever going to quit talking out there? They just talk all day long. Here they are. We're trying to sleep and we hear them out there talking and laughing and cutting up and having a good time. They built a relationship with each other. Lazarus was close to Jesus and Jesus was close to Lazarus. And they just said, man, your friend, your buddy, your partner is really sick. Verse 4 says, But when Jesus heard about it, the red words now, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So, all right, read the red words and pray for the power. What do we need to gain from this? What do we need to understand? Well, first of all, Jesus says in this particular situation, Lazarus' illness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory of God. So we right away, we need to pray that we will face every illness, every problem, every challenge with that in mind. We don't own our circumstances. Lazarus did not own his circumstance. It was beyond him. It was, he was incapable of doing anything about that. This was in the Lord's hands. This, this was his, his mission, his program for his death. And so... Whatever we go through, we need to pray for the power and ask the Lord to help us settle in that we're going through this and it may not be about us, it may be for testimony. It may be for what the Lord wants to do. And what a, what a great thing it is to go through life and to have that mindset. Now, glory is a very difficult term to define. We have to use lots of different definitions to help us even get close to understanding what, it, what the glory of God means. What the glory of God looks like. When we love, we, we bring glory to Him. Now, it means that He is seen as wonderful, magnificent, powerful, holy. That He is God, that He is set above, that there's no one quite like Him. That, that He is fantastic. When we forgive, we glorify God. When we obey God, we glorify God. And God is seen in HDTV, crystal clear, the best picture you've ever seen. He is crystal clear to people, and they can see Him. They understand Him, and He receives glory. And so you need to take all those kind of definitions to build up an understanding of what it means to glory in God or for God to receive glory. So, every problem, every challenge you have, every difficulty, every illness, pray that your heart will be centered, that God is going to receive glory, and you're not going to fight it. 
Now, Mary and Martha were fighting this, as we'll find out. They were fighting the illness. They were fighting the fact that they had an answer right there, and that answer was in Jesus, and Jesus wasn't there to help them. And, and Jesus, as we'll see in just a moment, didn't spend a lot of time coming very quickly. So, we don't own our circumstances. We don't own our testimony. It is the Lord's. And this illness was for the glory of God. And all of our challenges and problems for the glory of God. Pray for the power to understand that. Pray for the power to not forget that. Pray for the power that from this moment on, you are going to be aware, mindful, that all of your problems is for God's glory. For Him to have a testimony so that He can be seen through your issue. So verse 5 says, So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where He was for the next two days. <laughs> he took leaving a little slow, they would say. He didn't go right away. What's up with that? Why in the world did He go right away? Now, Lazarus most likely was outside the tomb for one day, then inside the tomb for three days. He was dead for four days. And so Jesus took two of those days and he stayed where he was. Didn't do anything about it. Finally, after those two days, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. That's where Bethany is. Let's go back. So we see here in these red words, let's go back to Judea. What does that mean to us? It means that there is a timing that Jesus has. There was a timing here that he was mindful of. There was a timing here that he's paying attention to. And his timing is different than Mary and Martha. His timing is different than the disciples' timing. His timing is often different than ours. Read the red. Pray for the power. Pray that you will embrace the timing of God. That you will not fight, that you will not resist, that you will not be obsessive, that you will not just tear your soul up trying to fix an issue if Jesus is waiting. A powerful experience for all of us would be that we would learn to wait in Him. That we would learn to trust Him. There obviously was a reason that Jesus didn't leave right away to go help Lazarus. And how much better Mary and Martha's life would have been in their situation if they could have had that mindset in that grief that the Lord will come if He chooses. This is in the Lord's hands. We're going to wait on Him. And all of our lives would be much, much more serene, much calmer, less anxiety, less stress if we would pray for the power to learn to wait on the Lord. To learn to trust Him. To learn to just, just sit still for a while and wait for God to do what He need to do. Now what is Mary and Martha going to do with His illness? And there's nothing they can do. They can grieve. They can have the funeral situation. They can mourn. But there's nothing they can do about it. There's only one person who can fix Lazarus' situation. And from Mary and Martha's perspective, they're not even sure if that's possible because they never saw that before. 
The idea of if someone raising from the grave, they hadn't seen that. They don't know about that. They just know that somehow or another things would be better if Jesus was there. But for the reasons of Jesus, he waited two days. So read the red and pray for the power. You may be going through something and you're wanting something to happen quickly. And Jesus is going to do what he's going to do when it's his time because his timing is perfect and he is waiting so that he is most glorified. And so learn to wait. Learn to wait. Verse 8. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? They're saying, are you out of your mind? We done been there and gone through all that. There's no way in the world we need to go back to Judea. We don't need to go back there. They're going to stone you. And what did Jesus respond to them? He says, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. Now, who's the light of the world? Jesus. And so he is telling a parable here, a story here to help them see, just like it's better to travel in the daylight than it is at dark. Now, we don't, we today, most of us here most likely have had very limited experiences with dark. We have light pollution. If you go out tonight and look up in the sky, if the African dust ain't in the way, you might see three or four stars. But let me, let me tell you, there's billions of them up there. And if you were somewhere on a clear night where there's no light pollution that gets in the way of seeing those stars, you, you're blown away by them. Okay? Also, when it's not a full moon, and when, when it's cloudy perhaps, dark is dark. And you don't travel in the dark. You don't walk places where you can't see. It's not safe. And so what Jesus is telling these guys are two things. First of all, he's saying opportunity. Opportunity is here. Opportunity is now. We move forward. Also, he's telling them, don't you understand, it's safer to be with me in a dangerous place than it is to be in a safe place without me. That's what Jesus is telling them. Don't you understand, just like there's light of day, I'm the light of the world. We have a mission to do. And if you'll follow me, you go with me, you will not stumble like you would in the dark because you're with me. So if Jesus said, go, go. If Jesus said, this is my plan for you, walk down that road. That's the safest place to be, even if everybody in that village has the COVID-19 virus. You're better off being with everybody having the virus without a mask within the plan of Jesus than you are going to a place where there's no COVID-19 without Jesus. Pray for the power. Pray for the power. Just don't let Kyle Y have that. Get you some of that. 
Pray for the power. Pray for the power of the light. Pray for the power of Jesus. Pray that you walk in Him. Read the red and pray for the power for God's sakes. Don't allow the darkness to scare you. These disciples are afraid. Reasonably so. Fear is reasonable except with Jesus. Now, let me tell you, without Jesus, this virus would probably scare the hound out of me. But with Jesus, not so much. Now, wear a mask around you guys. I'm, I'm trying to be a good boy and do all those things when I remember. But, but Jesus is greater than the virus. And I believe that you and I as Christians need to start living like that. Not carelessly, not foolishly, but we need to live as if we truly believe that Jesus is greater than the virus. Because Jesus is greater than the virus. And I just can't, I can't imagine the poor testimony believers might possibly be showing by being so afraid of the virus. Now, I know where your minds are going. What about the sick? What about this? Of course, be reasonable about it. Don't test, you know, don't be foolish about those things. However, whatever you need to do, do it. Do it in faith. Do it in the power of the Lord. And understand that being with Jesus in the light, in danger, is better than being in the dark without Him in a safe place. Next, as we walk along here. Then He said, verse 11, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. We don't need to go to dangerous Jerusalem. We don't need to go to dangerous Bethany. We don't need to go to Judea. Let's stay right where we are. If he's just sleeping, he's going to get over this. They thought Jesus meant in verse 13, Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Read the red and pray for the power in verse 11. What is this scripture telling us? This scripture, this verse is telling us that Jesus saw the death as sleep. He viewed it as sleep. How could he view it as sleep? Because Jesus knew. Jesus knew that he is the only one that has power over death. And he viewed Lazarus' death as just sleep because of him. Now to everybody else there, they said, no, 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 he's dead. It's not sleep. You're wrong. You're misguided. You use the wrong term. But Jesus' perspective was, it's only sleep. He hadn't died from your perspective. He'll live again. I know what's about to take place. So what do you learn from this? Develop the perspective of Jesus' power for all things. Develop the perspective of Jesus' power for all things. I did a little unscientific poll this week, and I just wanted to know, do, do you fear death? What do you fear about death? What do you understand about that? And, and I got a few samplings of information one thing is, most believers that responded are not afraid to die. Good news there. 
not afraid to die because of Jesus. Because D Jesus views death as sleep because of his power. Believers often struggle with the unknown. Believers are concerned most with leaving loved ones, missing out on things. Get that, no question, right? Believers are concerned with the pain associated with the last days of someone's life. If you've seen that pain, that would make sense. Now, because Jesus views death as sleep, if we're going to read the red and pray for the power, pray for, the, for death, the idea of death, the issues of death, and, and, and all the possible problems that are going to be associated with death, view it filtered through the fact that Jesus has all power over death. All power over death. And whatever you're going to go through, whatever you're going to face, Jesus will be enough in that moment. And so pray for the ability to have that kind of perspective about death. Now, remember, this was a poll for believers. Poll for believers. And so if you have not believed in Jesus, and you don't understand that He's the resurrection of life, and He has power of death, then this is not for you. Go ahead and worry. You need to worry. You need to be worried about death. You need to be worried because there is no hope. There is no answers. I mean, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be miserable. There's nothing worse than losing a loved one who doesn't know Jesus. There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than getting sick and dying of this virus if you don't know Jesus. There's nothing worse than that because that is final. That is eternal. That's a problem. But if you believe in Jesus, you know Jesus, you understand that He views death as sleep. Oh, I love that. I want that. I need that in my life. I'm so thankful I know Jesus. I'm so thankful I've placed my faith and trust in Him. I'm so thankful that many of you listen to this today, you may think that I'm a knucklehead, a nutcase. Absolutely. I'm a nutcase. I believe this is the answer for my eternity. And I'm going to live a, a very short life here. 70 years, 80 years, I don't know how many years the Lord's going to allow me to be here, but compared to eternity, it's not even a blimp on the radar screen. And I've got Jesus who views death as just sleep. Get that vernacular going in your mind. Get that thought going in your mind. Pray for the power to live that out. How's it going? I don't know, but one day I'm going to just be asleep and He'll wake me up in heaven. Because death is not final with Jesus. Death is not final with Jesus. And then the last thing here we see in this scripture, verses 14. So he told them plainly. Ah, enough. I love this. Enough lollygagging. Enough confusion. Enough not understanding. You boys are worked up about, about some stuff that you just, it's in over your head. 
Let me settle this for you. Let me lay it out for you plain. Lazarus is dead. All right. We're in agreement. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go to him. Let me be plain. Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because you're going to get to see something that's going to blow your socks off. You're about to see something that you'll never forget. You're about to see something that you will risk your life for. You're about to see something that allows you to face every problem, every challenge, focusing on what Jesus is wanting to do through this. He is the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the resurrection of life. I have all power. I view death as sleep. I'm glad we weren't there. I'm glad I didn't stop that death. I'm glad because for your sake, you're about to have your socks blessed off. Pray for the power to believe. Pray for the power to believe. Without Jesus, you need to believe in Jesus. Without Jesus, you need to believe in Jesus. Right here and now, if you're without Jesus, you need to believe in Jesus. You need to believe that He is who He says He is. You need to believe that He died on the cross for your sins. You need to believe that He's the only answer for your eternal life. You need to believe that. You need to believe that He is the Lord of all, that He rose from the grave. You need to believe that. But on the same level of intensity and emphasis, if you're a believer, you need to believe. If you're a believer, you need to believe. If you're a believer, you need to believe. Read the red and pray for the power. Read the red and pray for the power. What you need to do is read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle this virus situation? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle the business conflicts and business challenges today? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle personal problems? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle disappointments? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle anxiety? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle depression? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle cold-heartedness? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle a disobedient heart? Read the red and pray for the power. How do you handle illness? Read the red and pray for the power. Read the red and pray for the power. It's the words of life. It's the words of Jesus. He sees death as sleep. Read the red and pray for the power. Believers got to believe. Get ready. Get ready for whatever comes before us. Get ready. Get ready. Believe. Believe. Trust. Wait on Him. Allow whatever He wants to use in your life to be used for His glory. Wait on Him. See death as sleep. Don't be afraid of danger. Don't be afraid of, of, of the dark because you have the light of the world with you. And understand, 
If the very, very, very worst thing happens to you, your greatest fear happens, Jesus is enough. Because if Jesus can whip death, we ain't got no problem He can't handle. Read the red and pray for the power. Get ready. Are you ready? All right. Lord, help us to understand these words of our Savior and Lord. Thank you, Father, for your power and your conquering death through Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for eternity. Help us, Lord, to get our eyes off the things of this world and on to you. Lord, you're worthy of our devotion. You're worthy of our life. You're worthy of our circumstances. We surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.